All right, well, welcome back to season two of the Jackson Lee Podcast. We're here with, again, Sean Joseph, and then our special guest, Caitlin. Caitlin is a number two freestyle soccer player in the world. Uh, she's just killing it. She was, was in London. She's going to Miami for a few weeks, or in a few weeks for a competition. Um, what else? Where else have you competed? Uh, I've competed in Japan, Paris, Prague, um, Canada, out here in L.A., which right. is fun. Um, I think about ten different countries from around the world. What's your favorite place? Oh, first off, explain what freestyle soccer is. So freestyle soccer gets confused with regular traditional soccer a lot. It is juggling tricks with a soccer ball, sort of like the Harlem Globetrotter, Harlem Globetrotters, but in soccer. Okay, it's funny because I was someone like I was explaining you, and they're like, "Oh, like Harlem Globetrotters?" I was like, "Yeah, kind of like the yeah. soccer version of it." Mm. So um, that makes sense. How did you get into that sport? I started playing soccer. I've been playing it for I think about seventeen years now. And I was a goalkeeper, but I got injured when I got into high school. So I went to a convention and I saw some of the local freestylers out there. And immediately, it's one of those things that really catches your eye. It's really an attention-grabbing thing. And I just fell in love. It's a very visually artistic sport. Okay, wow. So, like, what are the rules or, like, what, like, how does, like, a judge, like, judge uh, a freestyle competition? So traditionally, it's based off about five different categories. I can never remember the fifth one, so you'll have to bear with me yeah, there. No but it is technical ability um, all around. So there's different categories. So there's lowers, which is with your feet, uppers with your head, sit downs, sitting down, yeah. of course, and then blocks, which are different sort of catches. Um, originality, style, and whatever that fourth one is that I never remember. Right. Okay, and then, so, like, is it, like, just, like, a round of, like, do you go head-to-head against somebody, or is it just, like, uh, like, for bodybuilding, you just go, and then they, they score you, and then, like, the top five come out? Is it like that, or how do they? Uh, no, so, generally, it's 1v1. Mm-hmm. Um, we have sort of a thing where we call it 3-2-1. Okay. So, it's three rounds, two people. Used to be one ball. Not anymore. Right. Um, but it's three rounds per person, 30 mm-hmm. seconds each. Okay. Huh, Interesting. And then you said your next competition is in Miami, right? Yes, it's the World Finals for Red Bull in Miami. Oh, yeah, so I'm the USA representative there. So that's, interesting. Dude, that's sick. She's, <laughs> she's also on FIFA, right? Yeah. So if you, if you, yeah. <laughs> so if you play FIFA, you can play with her. Isn't that dope? Yeah. I played in the Red Bull three on three basketball tournament. I saw that. That's cool. Yeah, it was it was interesting. I haven't really played basketball like competitively for like three or two years maybe. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like a little splash of cardio. What's your What's your Instagram name? Uh, C A I T Freestyle. I'm gonna pin it so they know who I'm talking to. Cool. Figured out. Yeah. Sorry. No ways. So um, you said you got injured, right? That's mm-hmm. how you got into it. So what exactly was the injury that happened? So it was kind of a really convoluted thing. Um, I had pulled my hip flexor my freshman year of high school, um, but I had gotten the starting goalkeeper spot, so I didn't want to give it up. So I played the entire year on like a minor uh, strain, came back the next year, and then I had pulled it again, and this time I was out for about four months. Couldn't walk, I couldn't really do anything, so I just learned how to juggle, because I couldn't juggle before that. That's like kicking the ball, like? Yeah, keeping it up in the air, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's how you started juggling. Yeah, so I started when I was about 16, 17. How old are you now? 23. It's been six years. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> how do you feel like about the progress 
from when you first started to now? It's had a lot of ups and downs, I mean, as anything does. Um, there's a massive difference in the way that I understand my body mm -hmm. because nothing that you do in freestyle is like normal movement. Mm -hmm. um, but there's, there's been a lot of progress for sure. I mean, when I started, I couldn't juggle. I used to just count the amount of juggles that I could do. And even within three months, I went from my record being like 20 to, I stopped counting after about 3,500. Uh, yeah. Wait, yeah. Thirty foot, like that's how long you did it for, like yeah, you yeah. kicked it thirty five hundred times. Yeah. How long does that take? About two hours. What? <laughs> Bro, could you what? not just it like fully? My neck was so stiff by the end of it. Wow. So, like, what's your infatuate? Like, why did? So, like, I feel like for somebody like you or anybody who does something and they focus like particularly on that one thing for a long period of time like how do you focus or like why do you why do you like to focus that long on that thing <laughs> it's kind of like a moving meditation so, uh, sort of thing because it's one single motion repeated over and over and over uh -huh. it's like meditating uh -huh. um when i was in college i'd taken this class where we stayed at a buddhist temple for a week and one of the things that they did was regular sitting meditation but then one of them was you walk around this courtyard and that's how you meditate and in my head, there's a lot of correlation between the two. Right. What college did you go to? Whittier College. That was crazy. You went to a Buddhist thing for a week, and they taught you pretty much how to meditate. Mm -hmm. So do you? So that, without that experience, do you think you'd be as like, not masterful or like, uh, I guess like able to have that focus in like your skill or your practice? I guess you say. I don't think I would appreciate it as much yeah. um, because definitely one of the first words I use when I think of freestyle is very meditative mm -hmm. and I don't think I would have ever really started meditating or like appreciated it at all had I not had that experience. That class. Mm -hmm. Where was the, the uh, Buddhist temple at? It was Hacienda Heights. It's the biggest Buddhist temple on the Western Hemisphere. I think I got that right. <laughs> I've heard that like you're not allowed to take pictures at like those places. Yeah, they don't really like it. Dang, because I kind of wanted I wanted to do like a photo <laughs> shoot at one of those. I know. The photographer was like, no. <laughs> I was yeah. like, the concept All is right. cool. I did it once in China. I was at a temple and I was taking pictures and I got a lot of weird looks. Yeah. So really? I don't recommend it. Yeah. What's the favorite? Wait, Dashi, what's your favorite place you place at Japan? Right. Oh, Japan is one of my favorite places. Jamaica as well. Really? What yeah. Was how was that experience? Like, I've never been to outside of America. Uh, Japan or Jamaica? Very different places. Yeah. Uh, let's hear both. Uh, so Japan, I went for a competition. It's one of those places, like, it's been on my bucket list mm -hmm. since I can remember. And it's such a cool city. It's very modernized, but you have that touch of, like, the old traditional background and influences there. And I love it. I mean, I can't speak much Japanese, but I have a handful. Um, so we would go around and we'd see, like, the day-to-day -day lifestyle and the food. Oh, I think I binged on ramen for like a week straight. So good. Is it different from like top ramen? Oh yeah. Yeah. 100%. Top, top, top ramen's good. I'll give you that. <laughs> oh, remind me to bring you ramen next time I come here. Yeah, Phil. All right, oh. Yes, very different from top ramen. Yeah, Jamaica was a really cool experience, and I do it every year. It's special for me because it was my first experience with charity work, and so I go out there every year with two different charities. One based out here in the US called Football for the World and one based in Jamaica called Game for Life and what they do is they they really 
try to help like the youths in Jamaica because we're based out in Kingston, which is kind of the more like ghetto area. Right. Um, they try to help the youth out there stay out of trouble and focus on things like soccer and things like that. So they support student athletes. And I love doing it. We go out there and we donate equipment. We help build like soccer fields and really just try to get them more involved with it. That's sick. Mm-hmm. So like what motivates you, I guess, every day to, you said you practice from two to six hours or two to eight hours a day. Yeah. So like what, what, what makes you wake up every day to want to do this? Um, I think it's realizing how much I can do with freestyle because I even though I've been doing it six years like there's so much more that I can improve with Mm -hmm. even from seeing other people and just from knowing myself and my capabilities there is really no limit to what I can do and so it makes me want to get out there every day and just maximize every opportunity so what is like the highest stage there is for freestyle soccer for competitions um I'd say the world finals so Red Bull the one that I'm doing and then uh the world finals in Prague every year. Red Bull sponsors like a lot of those like odd yeah. sports, <laughs> sporting events. Yeah, that's why I think it's such a cool company because I mean, I learned about Red Bull through Red Bull Art of Motion parkour. Mm-hmm. Not that I could ever do it, but I always, you know, when right. I was little, it was something I dreamed about. Yeah, I feel you like it? Red Bull mm-hmm. definitely does reach out to like a lot of like the, 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 the just not mainstream, non-mainstream sports. Yeah. It's interesting. That's cool. But I feel like that like that's what Red Bull kind of stands for. Mm-hmm. I mean, their thing is, like, Red Bull gives you wings. That's true. And then remember that commercial they had with, like, the astronaut? They sent the astro- astronaut to space, uh, and then it jumped out with, like, the red... You've never seen that commercial? No. I would pull it up. I'll show you after. Eventually, when you get, like, so we have the screen, we can pull the shit up, like, yeah. while we're doing it. Yeah. yeah, it makes it easier. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you edit it, when you edit it, you can't. That's true. So, um, all right, two to six hours, or two to eight hours, you train just here at this Chino? Uh, I train sometimes here in Chino, which is where I work out. Um, more often than not, it's at the gym by my house. They have a little studio room. Okay. And I think I've been training there longer than any of the current workers have worked there. No, so, like, what, like, what's your typical training day like? Uh, generally, wake up. The studio opens about 11, so if I can get in a workout before then, I try to. Uh, go to the studio. It's from 11 to 5, so usually do about a anywhere from like an hour to three hour session in that period of time come home chill do some editing go back to the gym when it opens at 8 30 and then i'll train for anywhere from like another hour to two and a half hours so this is all you do every yeah day. every day it's what i do full time and it never seems like there's enough hours in the day for it so when you edit is it like you're editing what your clips or like what do you edit uh i do the clips that i post on the internet i do my photos I do sometimes things for other people just because I enjoy exploring editing and mm-hmm. developing a new style with it. So what other uh, kind of outlets do you have besides freestyle soccer? Because you must be you're creative, obviously, if you're editing, right? So yeah. what other outlets do you have? Your hair is purple. <laughs> it Actually, is. I, yeah. I, I, when I first met her, her hair was like just barely purple and like all the purple's uh-huh. all over everywhere. It's yeah, it, it's still doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've had purple hair for, gosh, seven years now. Oh, so oh, that's like mind. your thing. It is, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Why purple? Uh, you know, I just thought it looked the best. It's not my favorite <laughs> color. <laughs> you just went with purple. Yeah, I started with blue, went to red, and then ended up with purple, and I just stuck with it. What about the shirt that you're wearing? So this shirt I particularly love because I got it from one of the on? favorite commercials that I did. Um, the Adidas World Cup commercial from 2018. No way. Yeah. Sorry. So what all I'm, what all commercials have you done so far? 
Um, I started with Gatorade, and then I've done a couple Adidas, a couple Nike. The Adidas World Cup was probably my favorite. Um, I did Jack Link's Beef Jerky. So you do, like, uh, a lot of commercials. Is that considered acting? Would you consider acting? I guess. I wouldn't call it acting because a lot of it is just the stuff that I do every day. Yeah. Um, I was telling Phil. Yeah, I was telling Phil I had one where I had to do a line, uh, which was I really struggled with it because it's not an experience I've ever had before. Mm-hmm. So I respect actors, and I would not call what line? I do acting. It was, and then your block. Okay. I can show you the whole commercial, and it makes more sense when you see it all together. Cause what? Who was it for? Gatorade. Oh, for Gatorade. Yeah. Um, but it took me about three hours to get that sentence down. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it really made me appreciate actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've yeah. never acted before. I feel like... I go to acting class. Yeah. And it's, like I said I got slapped last night, and water's put on me. So definitely a different <laughs> Definitely respect that. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And, yeah. like, he's got to go with it. Like, it's okay. Like, yeah. oh, wow. like, I feel like, for me, for clothing, it's cool because, like... I, I mean, I wouldn't mind doing acting, but, like, I can kind of, like, we make our own content. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's how it works is, like, you make your own content, and then eventually some people see it, and they're like, well, dang, well, we can put you in and this, and, that, this yeah. and we can put you in that. And that's yeah. why I think, like, me going to acting class kind of helped me with, like, starting to vlog. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I just... You're already doing... Yeah, I'm getting scrutinized in yeah. class. Like, yeah. I don't really care to get scrutinized by yeah. people. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. So it's like... Just do it. Worst case scenario, yeah. you're not going to die. So yeah. that's all I think about everything. You're not going to die. As long so. as you don't die, there's something you'll learn. Exactly. Yeah. Even if you die, you won't know you died. No, it'll be in heaven. Exactly. That's what I was talking to somebody yesterday about that. And they're like, my fear, I, I'm scared of flying. And I was like, well, what are you scared of? They're like, like, what if the plane crashes? And I'm like, if the plane crashes, you're not gonna know he's not. <laughs> yeah, it's over. Like, then what are you scared of? Yeah, you just got, you just got thirty minutes, thirty seconds of. Yeah. We're falling. The yeah. only thing that I would probably be scared of is like, like I wouldn't want to like lose a limb or like an arm because then I still have to be living. Like, would you, yeah. okay, so would you rather lose a limb or die? That's kind of very like. I'd probably rather die. Honestly, <laughs> I'm with you on that. Like, I broke my leg last year. And it was honestly like the worst four or five months of my life. Let's, let's dive into that. So I broke my, my wrist last last October. Actually, almost a year. This Sunday will be the Sunday yeah, of the year. I tore but, my meniscus. Yeah. Ew. So how did you? Because you couldn't. Did you practice? You couldn't practice, right? I could. I tried. Yeah. yeah. So mentally, you were obviously like not struggling, but you're probably not the best, right? I I was very much struggling with it because I had never had an injury that bad before. Because right. um, I mean, the pulled hip flexor was bad, but I mean, I could function. Right. But, I couldn't walk. It was excruciating. Wait, how did you break it? <laughs> playing soccer. Okay. Yeah. At least you were doing your sport. Yeah. Well, not even my sport. Like, I was playing in a creator's match for Red Bull, um, and it wasn't even, like, a competitive thing. I didn't have to be part of it, but I was like, oh, it sounds like fun. Right. And I slipped. Oh, damn. What, like, what bone did you break? The fibula on oh, the side the of my leg. outside one, too. Yeah. That's, isn't that support, like, two, that supports two-thirds of your body weight, right? Mm-hmm. Hey. Yeah. Anatomy kicking in. There you go. They have failed about how you got <laughs> <on> the <phone. laughs> You, you learned obviously learned something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the minute it happened, like, I had never broken a bone, but the minute it happened, I was like, yeah. I, I felt it pop, and I was like, it's broken. And so oh. you broke it. You didn't even fracture it. Like, you broke it. Uh, it broke it, yeah. Uh, no, I split it like oh. this. Oh, that's yeah. nasty. And it was terrible because two days after I came home, I was in Miami. Um, so you had to fly with it. Yeah, I had to fly with it. And two days after I came home, I was supposed to shoot a commercial. Uh-huh. But the x-ray I had gotten, they had said it wasn't broken. They said it was just a sprain. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, I can freestyle like that. So I went to do the commercial, <laughs> and, and I couldn't walk. 
Yeah. So what they what commercial was it? It was an AT&T commercial. What they say when you when you showed up on set? <laughs> they were panicking, but I brought my friend, so yeah. she filled in for me, thankfully. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but. So cool. Did you get surgery in a cast, or how did you? I was in a boot. Okay. Thankfully, I didn't have to have a cast, but yeah, I was in a boot for four months, I think. And then what kept you going every day? Like, what did you do? Like, you couldn't do soccer, and that takes up most of your day. So, mm-hmm. like, what did you fill your day with instead of soccer? Mostly my friends and editing. Because um, it was really a stretch, being that I post every day for social media. Like, I had to really stretch the content that I had. So I had to dive into that and do a lot of editing and re-editing. And right. my friends came in so clutch with all of that. Like, they could tell how much I was struggling. Right. So every day I had, like, one or two friends come by. One of them stayed at my house for, like, a month just to help me out. Um, just distract me. That's crazy. I feel like that's what. Do you live? Me. Do you live by yourself? Uh, I live with my parents. Oh okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. yeah, that was very nice at that time. Yeah, no, seriously. I want to talk, or if you don't mind, I want to talk about that, and like, because that's the same point that I'm in, like right now. Is I live with my parents, but like, and what what I do, what he does, what you do is all like, it's not necessarily stable. Mm-hmm. And so, how do you feel about, like, the difference between, like, how do you think, how do you think you live on your own, like, as a freelance or as a whatever, whatever, yeah, somebody who doesn't have a regular job, what are your thoughts on that? I think it, a lot of it depends on where you are in the process, because Mm -hmm. it's far from stable, I think, at any point, Mm -hmm. but sometimes you have enough that you can stretch from, like, month to month and things Mm -hmm. like that. But I think it just causes so much more stress. Um, think so? Yeah. And I, th- I think it's really hard to just specifically do your creative work mm-hmm. and live on your own. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you, that's where you're at right now, right, Phil? No, I'm living at my, my grandma. Oh, okay. So I'm chilling, too. Yeah. Well, I was telling Phil earlier, like, damn, let's, let's move. Like, let's try it. Right. I've always wanted to, but, I mean, it's hard, especially because a lot of what I do is based in, like, travel work. Uh-huh. So I'm gone at least once or twice every month. Uh-huh. So it really just makes no sense uh-huh. for me to move out on my own. Mm-hmm. But I'm so independent, I would love to do it, and it's something I want. So right. it's a weird sort yeah. of conundrum. So how did your, like, did you, you went to college, right? Mm-hmm. So did your parents, like, ever, like, all right, Caitlin, like, enough freestyle soccer, time to get into a career? <laughs> or did they kind of, like, understand what you're trying to pursue? They, that's definitely how it started. Because, yeah. I mean, I'm sitting there and I'm kicking a ball around and having people stare at me. It doesn't really seem that, like that, a stable well, job. I've been, in, I've been in that same position. Yeah. yeah. So I, think, I think every, yeah. like, creative or entrepreneur yeah. has because like, like from like same thing when i was trying to do my fights last year yeah. like my dad was like oh you're just doing it for instagram I'm like well, cool the only thing i can say is like come practice with me like you know it's like yeah. see it's real but like yeah. i think everybody has to even still like people like like you're saying like from the outside looking in like even me if i was meeting you and you're like oh yeah i'm gonna kick this soccer ball and like it's gonna take me around the world most people are gonna look at that and be like why like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> even, like, for me, when I was here, even, like, my dad, he'd be like, like, he'd see that I'm doing stuff, but it's like, like, there's no, there's no map, there's no, like, direction. <laughs> it's just all. like, you're just doing it. Yeah, and, and then people cool, on the outside but... are looking at you, and they're like, 
what are you doing? Right. Yeah. And then, like, you get that transition period where it's like, okay, oh, that's what you're now doing. I understand. You see the money coming yeah. in, it's like, yeah, I understand. That's, that's the turning point is when the money starts coming in. Then everybody's like, okay, I get right. it now. And yeah. It's, and it's, like, it's cool because, like, you're doing what you love. Or both of you guys, right? And, like, I feel like a lot of people in your situations, like, if your parents started, like, pressuring you into, like, oh, start pursuing, like, a career or, like, an actual stable career, a lot of people are going to, like, especially living with your parents, are going to mm-hmm. fold to, like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to go work that 9-to-5 job and, like, just do it. But it's, like, of course. you just got to have a voice for yourself and have a vision and just be confident enough yeah. in yourself to know that, like, if I really pursue this with my 100%, there's more than likely it's going to happen, you know? Yeah. I feel like, I just wish more people had that, like, thought process and drive yeah I definitely think that's one of my biggest pet peeves is people giving into like the desires of their parents when it goes against what they want I've seen it so much growing up and it just causes so much discontent between like families and things like that because their parents are like oh you should go be a doctor you should go to this college you need to make this much money when that's not what you want to do and it's like yeah okay then you'll have the money and then you have your parents supporting you but if you live on your own how often are you going to see your parents and why does it matter like if yeah. you can live and you can live how you want, why does it matter how you get to that point? Yeah, and I think too, like, so when you're when you're growing up, your parents raise you, and they have an idea of what they want for you because they raised you, they birthed you, and then they raised you. But like you said, at some point, there's like, you're gonna want a life of your own because you're gonna have to live it for the rest of your life. Of course, it's not your parents' life; it's your life. So, I like. I think the same way where it's like why would you why would you not I'm not going to say why would you listen to your parents but like why would you why would you allow your parents to influence what you want for your life especially such a long term decision like yeah, that yeah a career yeah. Yeah. I feel like like you should you should be able to explain to your parents like what you want for your life yeah because I think if you can't stand up to your parents who you know will always be there for you yeah then how are you going to stand up for anything else? Yeah, because then anybody that comes up to you, you're going to be, you're just going to fold into whatever it is they tell you, especially if they're like dominant personalities. Yeah, type A's, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So what advice would you give to people whose parents are like not supportive right now? I think it's a process. Um, try to be as respectful of them as you can because they are trying to look out for the best of what you want. But at the end of the day, you have to understand that you're going to be doing whatever profession it is that you choose for the rest of your life or a good majority of it. Mm -hmm. And your parents won't always be around to see it and dictate it and things like that. So Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's your life and you're going to be the one choosing how you live it and going through the ins and outs every Mm -hmm. single day. You just got to keep that in mind. Yeah, I think... um also, wait, what did you say? In, sorry, in the beginning, you said something in it. <laughs> I, had a, I had a thought. Like being respectful towards your parents. Yeah. They want the, the best for you. Yeah. Mm, I forgot. I forgot what I was going to say. I didn't want to cut you off. <laughs> I forgot. Do you have any advice for people whose parents don't support them? Oh, that that's first? what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> so, like, <clears throat> if you're going to decide that you don't want to listen to your parents and you don't want to do, like, what they say to do, like, I think there's a difference between people who are doing it just because they're being defiant or, like, they're lazy, and then there's people who are doing it because they want to do it for real. Right. And, like, if you are going to... It's not, like you said, it's not disrespecting your parents, but if you're not going to, like, listen to their advice and take their advice and do it, then you have to really be willing to, like, 
Like you have to be really willing to listen to your parents every day when you're kicking a soccer ball up and down. You have to listen to them tell you, like, what are you doing? You right. should get a job. You should do that. It's not like they're forcing you, but they're making suggestions. Right. Yeah. So, like, in order for you to prove to your parents that, like, this is what I really want to do, like, you have to, you have to really be, you have to prove them wrong by working and not talking yeah, yeah. Sense, you know what I mean yeah like, you can't just be like oh I'm gonna do this and then I'm gonna do that and you're like sitting at home chilling right. on the couch like, yeah that that's two totally different things yeah at least for me that's what it was it's like <clears throat> I can't tell you exactly how I'm gonna do it or I said this to my parents I don't know exactly how I'm gonna do it but like if I have to stay up 18 hours a day and do it like that's what I'm gonna do right <laughs> yeah <laughs> And then I feel like that's how you transition from, like, your parents not believing in, in you to, like, they believe supporting in you. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah at, at the end of the day, they just want you to be a successful person, mm-hmm. both, like, in business and as a person. And I mm-hmm. think if you can't put in the work mm-hmm. to show them that's what you want to do, then, yeah. yeah, you might as well yeah. just go get it. And even if job. it's not just to show them, even if it's not your parents, like, yeah. for yourself, like, there's a lot of times where you have to, like, if you're going to say something, you have to prove it to yourself also. Right. Like, you can't just Absolutely. say stuff and then, like... Because then everybody else that you... Where you're going to end up is not going to be where you want to be if you're saying things and not doing them. Mm-hmm. The follow-through. You're going to end up where everybody is that says things and doesn't do them. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Whoever those people are. Yes. And I think, like, once your parents, like... Like you said, like, they not they don't support at first, but then they finally do support you and understand what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's such a huge switch because, like, your parents are such a, motiv- like, not a motivational factor, but such a huge support system mm-hmm. that it kind of gives you, like, this feeling of not being unstoppable, but, like, when your parent like, when your family has your back, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, all right, I really mm-hmm. can. Like, having your family support is just different. Yeah. I'm like, you know what I mean? Than just a random person. Yeah. yeah, and also I think, like, you can motivate your parents also. 100%. Oh, yeah. Like, if your, parents, if your parents see that you're really serious about something and, like, you're spending more time doing whatever it is you're doing than they do at work or they do whatever. I think that kind of like, I don't know, you can motivate other people too. Yeah, to yeah. see your journey. Yeah. Because like, like you said, like you're working 18 hours and like that's, if you work three, three of those days, that's 40 hours. That's a work week. <laughs> yeah. Like you're working that like. Every day. Yeah. And you enjoy it. And yeah, I like and, it. And like, do you even know what day it is? Like, yeah. happen, like you're just, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like just going, really. there's, yeah. there's no such thing as a weekend for like, yeah. a lot of us. It's just. But that's cool, though. To me, that's cool. 100%. Because, like, like, you get to wake up every day and do what you love. Whatever you were going to do, like, if money wasn't involved, whatever you were going to do that day or you wanted to do that day, you get to wake up and do that. And make money. And survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it makes people like our parents and our parents' generation really think outside the box because what we do is not something they ever would have imagined being a successful path. Mm-hmm. And... You know, like my parents, I know they aren't always happy with the path that they've chosen to follow and like their job. Uh-huh. You hear so many people complain about their jobs right. and they never really thought they could get out of it. Yeah. But seeing what we do and seeing that we're following such an unusual path to success, I think it really makes them think outside of that and they're like, yeah. okay, yeah. maybe I could do something else. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like you can motivate your parents. Like you can, your parents can learn from you also. Right. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it all starts from within, dude. Yeah. Like, And, like, I, once you motivate your parents, that turns into your, your, your best friends starting to get motivated and, like, people on social media, like, people in your, your neighborhood. Like, that's how you start building, like, yeah, for real. just a community of people who, like, follow the same vision you follow and, like, 
I think this is how you start attracting like the people you want to be around is yeah. just by doing the stuff you say you're gonna do and doing it yeah. and then like you start running to people who start doing their stuff and like you know that's how you start building and connecting and then you have all the people who watch and support yeah yeah and just grows and just being consistent yeah. that's how that's mm-hmm. how things grow yeah it's like what everyone says you are the compilation of the like, closest five people around you yeah. I think is what it is yeah 100% I was thinking about that this morning because that like I said that picture of from this weekend I was like that's a picture of, like, you know, like <laughs> in right. 40 years and like I was like thinking about like Lily. she's in doctorate school and like just like all her friends are just like yeah at least, killing it yeah, yeah at least trying to you yeah. know yeah. Even, like, even if you don't have like everything completely figured out like if you're around the right people yeah those people are gonna contribute to yes good thoughts that they're gonna share with you mm-hmm. and like you're gonna have ideas and you bounce off of yeah, them and just actions that they might need like somebody might be a great thinker but action wise they might not be good at executing things yeah so like i don't uh, know that's how you bounce ideas off of people yeah i feel like that's kind of why we balance each other out it's just like we both for one like i'm in the fit we're in two different industries mm-hmm. and then like it correlates and then like we're both like just fuck it let's do it yeah. and then I feel like I'll have an idea and I'm like dang it's like I don't know and I'll like tell Sean I'm like alright let's do it yeah. <laughs> yeah you don't need to be in the same industry yeah. no at all and like that kind of helps us because like not that we're competing but like we're just I don't know like it just brings two different like yeah. initiatives together yeah that's the thing is like we're, we're not competing with at each all. other yeah. like at all there's really no there's no um I don't want to say benefits from each other, but it's just like we're we're two separate people, but we have the same ideas, yeah. mm-hmm. and we both want the same type of things for our life. Yeah. So it's like if we can figure out a way to combine fitness and streetwear, I mean that would be cool. Yeah. Like why can't lifting weights look cool? Yeah, <laughs> why can't? Yeah, it opens up your mind. Cool? Like there's that's how you create new things, I think. And I think a lot of people are scared to like do things that have never been done before no 100 percent. oh yeah because yeah. i mean there's no clear path then yeah, exactly like all. like we were talking about it's, earlier it's all it's all just a mindset really yeah. that's really all it is it's just, it's just a mindset it's just being confident enough to go in the unknown yeah mm-hmm. and just like embrace the darkness yeah like and Dis- just keep like, going yeah yeah like disneyland or like anything that even these houses like somebody created this yeah dude disneyland literally went bankrupt at 25 or 24 yeah like, you know so it's like you we're, we're I'm, how old are you again 23 23 yeah you're 26 Five, 25 20. i'm 24 like we're we're not even in the beginning of our real lives yet like we're not at all. but like at the same time we're ahead of a lot of people because we we have a vision and we're just not scared to like just go after whatever it is that we're going after and like a lot of people don't have that yeah. It's, it's, yeah it blows my mind honestly it's really just it's really just confidence and belief yeah Yeah, and I think a lot of it's appreciating the process because whether or not you succeed or fail, I think there's a lot of things that you can learn from it, whether it's screen printing and clothing, bodybuilding, or sports. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you, have you always had this confidence? Not at all. (laughs) So what, what, like, how did you gain it or what, what led to that? I think a lot of it has to do, as I said earlier, with correlation to how I see my body and how I understand it. Because, I mean, our body is the way that we're presented to the world. Right. And freestyle, one of the biggest things it's given me is an understanding of how my body moves on, like, a very microscopic level. Because I was a kinesiology major, so, you know, anatomy, physiology, right. and things like that. But when you feel how it moves and you understand, like, every little motion and how much, you know, pressure here is going to move your body here and the way that it looks... Right 
it gives you a confidence in the way that you move and the way that you interact with the world. And that, I think, more than anything, has given me so much. Because, I mean, I used to have stage fright. Right. I used to be very introverted. Yeah. And it's like, all of that has changed in six years. No, I, I understand that. What At what age did you feel like it was, like, the turning point where it's like, oh, man, like... Because, like, I remember I used to not be confident. And, like, now I feel like I'm not the most confident guy in the world. But, like, it's definitely a complete, like... I don't think it's, like, an age thing, though. Well, I'm just like, when did you notice the shift? Um... It's or hard because how long ago did you feel like you noticed the shift? I think it would have started about when I was nineteen. Um, it's funny because every year I have this thought, like this has been the best year of my life, yeah. mm. and everywhere from like eighteen till it's, now. It's a good life. Yeah, it's it's a good life for <laughs> sure. Um, every year is the best year of your life. <laughs> um, I think it definitely did start when I was about nineteen, though. I mean, I went through that whole transition with college. I was really getting settled in with freestyle, and things are starting to come to fruition. I think it confidence comes from like like you figure out you get to a point where you figure out yourself and like for me at least it was like you go through a period when it's like yeah I don't know either you're not comfortable with yourself you're not confident or like you're depressed or like it's something and then you overcome that like within yourself and I think that's how like that's how like you get that absolutely yeah confidence like for you i don't know for you but like for me when i got injured and like just the way my whole college career went um 2012 your freshman yeah okay yeah before before my freshman year of college even started i tore my meniscus you were at san Bernardino. yeah with oliver yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so and then like i was okay and then i got injured again i tore ligaments in my left ankle so it's like when my whole college career I never really I don't feel like I got I was able to do the things that I think I could have done and then also like with being injured when being injured like your appearance kind of changes at least for me like leg injury like I gain weight like of course I don't like it didn't like my bones pop I felt like like everything was just out of place like I wasn't the same person and it's like now I'm going out in the world and I'm like all this is in my head. Like, right. I used to, I shouldn't say I used to be really confident, but before that, like, I was almost to the point where it was, like, cocky. Yeah. Like, it was <laughs> like, you wouldn't like me. Right. But, like, that humbled me a lot. It really does. Yeah. Because I think before you get, like, a really major injury, you feel almost infallible. It's like leftover from when you're a kid. Yeah. Like, you could fall off a building, you'll be like, oh, it's fine, I'll figure it out. Yeah. But when you feel, and when you understand that, you know, things can cause problems for you and you yeah. can get injured like then you're like wow i'm human right yeah. no, i think that i think i had that moment last year from after my fight mm-hmm. like i broke my wrist before and like still whatever but like i think mean, i never really, i thought it was just like invincible like I, you know yeah. like a, there's a kink in the armor you know so yeah that I mean, definitely was an eye-opening and kind of a humbling experience for me it made me want to think of how i could like train smarter and like just I don't know. That. yeah yeah it's really hard to bounce back from that really big ones because it's like all of a sudden like it feels like your body's worked against you and then yeah. you have to build your way up even when it's healed it's like is that going to happen again is right. it going to be weaker yeah. all right. of these even, thoughts even like on top of that too like the mental aspect even if it's not for injury like it might be somebody in your life that <clears throat> isn't really positive or like I don't know any of those things that you, or it could be a combination of those things it's like but the only way you overcome that is by like 
within yourself. I mean, there's nobody else that could really allow you to do that. Yeah, absolutely. That's for, like, I think for any situation. I think if you're able to overcome that, then that's when, like, you know, there's nothing else that could really hurt you. Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest positive aspects of, like, what it is we do is we understand that everything is self-driven, whether it's success, whether it's, like, our outlooks and our mindset. Mm -hmm. We understand that we are the only ones who can give ourselves Mm -hmm. that success. Whereas a lot of people, I think, rely too much on other people. Mm-hmm. And other people, you know, lifting them up or other people paying yeah, them yeah, or yeah. helping them out. Yeah, I think, too, from this is, like, from what we do is, like, you're by yourself a lot. Mm-hmm. So you start to think and do things by yourself and kind of for yourself to where it's, like, I'm not going to say you don't need people because you do need help with, like, a sure. lot of things. Yeah. But, like, you're okay with being by yourself. Which you, I think is so important. Do you ever feel like you get, like, re-energized when you're, like, alone? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm one of those people, I can do social stuff, like, I enjoy it, but I can do a week of really intense social, but then I need to just be yeah. on my own. Yeah, I, I love, like, I just, I like, like, for me, I wake up early, and I think I wake up early, so, like, there's nobody ever yeah. else awake. That's kind of, that's kind of, like, the reason why I go to sleep late, right. is because, like, after the day is over, everybody's asleep, and then now I can, like, just think... Be yourself, yeah. Mm-hmm. myself, or do things without distraction. Yeah, no, 100%. What is, like... So, what is, like, your diet like? Is Do you have to follow it? Oh, you're vegetarian, remember you saying that, right? I am vegetarian. So, like, what... How do you even eat as a vegetarian? Think about it. Like, <laughs> like what is your daily meals like? It's, it's hard because I do, like, jump around so much. Um, there's a lot of focus on, like, trying to get my protein wherever I can, especially as an athlete. Like, I need to recover. Um, but I'm so much more in tune with how my body interacts with food because of it. Okay. Uh, a lot of it is, like, tofu and, like, meat substitutes, a lot of, like, spinach. Peanut butter. <laughs> I actually backed away from peanut butter a lot because I was eating way too much really? of it. <laughs> yeah, there's a thing in college where you would have like pe- cereal with peanut butter, mm-hmm. um, and I really got into that too much, <laughs> so I had to back off. Um, I generally will go through periods where it's like I obsess over one food and then I'm done with it. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I'll never forget when I first went vegetarian. I was in Prague, and I was there for a week. But it wasn't in like the main part. It was on the outskirts, so there wasn't a lot around. Mm-hmm. So you could either get pizza, or you could get pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so for a week straight, I had nothing but just like a margarita cheese pizza. <laughs> and by the end of it, like I could feel like I wasn't recovering. I was constantly tired, and I just felt heavy. Right. And that was when it kind of clicked. I was like, wow, you know food really does have an impact on how we live it's not just Mm. keeping us alive it impacts how we interact with the world operate right yeah so what was that that was the moment you decided to become vegetarian Mm -hmm. okay that's actually really cool um i'm I'm drawing a blank right now i asked (laughs) him to say but i couldn't remember food diets where's your main protein source Man, what? Yeah. Protein source. I would say eggs. Eggs or tofu. Um, oh, vegetarian, not vegan. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, thankfully. How many <laughs> like how many grams of protein a day do you eat? Do you know? I don't keep track of it actually. I should, um, but there was always like this thing because my mom would diet a lot growing up, okay. and it would be a lot of like counting calories and things like that. Mm-hmm. But for me, I don't see the benefit in the numbers like that. Right. But I do understand the value of like counting your protein. Yeah, yeah. So Where are your parents from? Uh, so I'm adopted. My adopted parents are <laughs> an interesting history. They're German, Japanese, and Jewish. Wow. 
Um, German, and, German and Jewish. German. Yeah, yeah. I love throwing Welcome that out America. there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the German and Jews get along. Yeah, I love throwing that out to there and seeing people realize it. Um, and then myself, my background is Korean and Nepalese. Okay. When were you adopted? Uh, from birth. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. How, do you have any siblings? I have an older brother. He was adopted as well. Okay. Um, two and a half years older than me, I think. Where is he from? Or was this? Nebraska. Nebraska. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, if you don't mind, then this is an opportunity to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wouldn't say controversial, but In- not a lot of people have experienced being adopted from birth. Well, what's it like? It's like... I feel like people are so much more hesitant to dive into that. But for me, it feels normal. I mean, that's all I've ever known. Mm -hmm. It is interesting to go day to day and, like, have friends who live with, like, their biological family Mm -hmm. and see, like, oh, they got this from their mom, this from their dad, and, Mm -hmm. like, the traits there. So it does make you wonder. Um, So do you think that you've got traits from your... your Biological not biological what do you adopted adopted parents definitely Uh, my mom and I talk about it all the time because we spend a lot of time together so Mm -hmm. I've got her personality and her sarcasm uh, for sure that's interesting yeah it's funny because it's you know that whole question of nature versus nurture Mm -hmm. I think I got that yeah what's it called oh man man tabula rasa so basically (laughs) (laughs) I want to know this so basically uh, I took a philosophy class But basically, that's the idea that, like, a baby is born with a clean slate, and then they're molded by their environment and their surroundings. And I believe in that. Yeah. I really believe in that. I believe that, like, if you take a baby and you put it in another country that was born here, I think until you tell and they start to understand that they look different than everybody else, like... They don't get it. That's their mindset. Absolutely, yeah. That's, like, the same thing when you say, like, two babies, like, a white baby and a black baby. Like, racism's taught, you know? Mm, It is. They don't don't understand. Like, they're just just having fun doing, living life. They're not ignorant. I guess they're kind of... Naive. Yeah, they're naive. Naive. That's the word. But just, like, I mean, like... I don't know. I I agree, though. I think... I think a lot of it is immediate family and things like that, but I think a lot of it is, like, your overall environment. Mm-hmm. People who grow up with a family here are going to be completely Why? different... Oh, Joy. <laughs> are going to be completely different to people growing up with a family in, like, Paris or Japan because the environment and the traditions definitely dictate the way you grow. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Were, were you raised in Southern California? Mm-hmm. Born and raised, I was born in the valley, and you can definitely tell in some of my, <laughs> some of my mannerisms, it used to be a lot worse. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Orange County okay. my whole life. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So do you want to meet, do you want to meet, like, your biological parents? Do you um, ever, like, is that something that you want to do? I think if I had the opportunity, I would take it, because I am curious. Like, uh-huh. I've never even got to see photos of them or anything, because they don't live here in the U.S. Uh-huh. Um, I know my birth mom is in Japan. I don't know where my birth dad is from. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it would be interesting just to see, like, so this is what, you know, I got from her uh-huh. and things uh-huh. like that. Do you think that's why you like going to Japan? Uh, it could be. It that could might, be, That's yeah. interesting. That might be, like... like a like a home like a home yeah, weekend in yeah. a weird way like, you know? yeah like you might feel like connected You're just yeah connected, connected to, to it That's yeah cool. but at the same time my dad's mom is also Japanese uh, so it's like I wonder what I got from him. Oh, yeah okay. so what's like a, a good Japanese di- Japanese dish to try ramen you... oh that right. <laughs> 
ramen. ramen. I feel like ramen in Japan would be different than ramen. I don't really like oh, ramen. Amazing. Oh, that's what Corey made that one time. Yeah. Oh, it was spicy. Like top ramen? No, no. like ramen. Like he made it was the, the show. It had oh, tofu okay, okay. and egg and noodles. And... There's a lot of different types of ramen though. Yeah. Um, I think it's worth trying like a really good one, a couple different kinds, and then you can see. I think. Well, the taste to me is like I just. I don't know, maybe I have to try like a really good one. But the taste is like, I don't know, it's a different taste. It's hard to describe. It is, yeah. Especially depending on like the soup base and yeah. things like that. It's kind of like a powdery kind of like soup. I just remember my eyes were watering. I was like, Because <laughs> <laughs> it's hot? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I prefer like like teriyaki or like... Oh, yeah. I mean, that's good. That's not actually like traditional miso. Japanese. Teriyaki is an Americanized Japanese thing. Oh, okay. Come on, yeah. You're in America. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> what do they have in Japan? The tapan? Tapan? Yeah, tapanyaki. What's um, that? That's like grilled. Kind of, yeah, kind of like Benihana. Yeah. Wait, is it a restaurant? No, it's a type of. Wait, Benihana? <laughs> yeah. Benihana's is a restaurant. Tapanyaki so is like a type of cooking. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. Where the, you see in the mall, like when they have those grills and then they make the noodles and the chicken and. The rice. You never seen that in the malls? I might just be like tripping right now. <laughs> it's like when they grill it in front of you. Oh, like with the, the hibachi? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I know hibachi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hibachi. Is that what you said? Hibachi? That's what they call the grill, right? Hibachi? I'm not sure. Probably. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what I think. But yeah, ramen and curry in Japan. What about what about uh, Jamaica? See, I see it differently because I'm vegetarian. Oh, Everybody loves like jerk. the jerk chicken oh. and things like that. So That's what you do. That's what you do, huh? <laughs> yeah. my, my family's from Trinidad, not Jamaica. But okay. It's still in the Caribbean, so we have some similar foods. Mm-hmm. But you, they're they're like famous for the jerk though. Have you yeah. been to Carnival in Trinidad? Not in Trinidad. I hear so many good things about it. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't been, and I want to go. But yeah, the one in Miami just passed. I was supposed to be there. I had a ticket. Why didn't you go? here <laughs> i literally like that's what happened was i had a ticket i had my ticket booked and i had like a couple other things booked for miami for the carnival but then that's when i got the i got in the complex gone mm-hmm. and i was like i don't want to go to miami for a, i was going to be there for like a week and i was Come like back. i don't want to be there for a week before complex gone which is like the biggest it's decisions you've got to make. Yeah. It's the hard decisions. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I had... My ticket was, like, 250 and I was just like, screw it. it. Like, whatever. <laughs> when is the Trin- when's the Trinidad? Uh, February. You trying to go? Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I yeah. mean... Oh. I'll go. February. Wait, where is Trinidad and Tobago, right? Yeah. 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 I gotta get my passport first, though. <laughs> I don't yeah. have a passport. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to use your passport for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. That's where cool like, my family's from. Your mom or your dad? dad? My dad's side. Where's your mom? Is your mom white? My mom's Mexican and Hawaiian. Oh, that's a cool, cool mix. I only know one other person with that background. It's like, really? that's so cool. Yeah. I don't really know a lot of my, like, Hawaiian side, but... You know your Mexican side? Yeah. Well, my mom's Mexican. Her dad, her dad is Mexican. So I don't really know that side either. I don't really know, besides, like, my mom's immediate family mm-hmm. and, like, some people outside, I don't really know a lot. Like, I don't really know at all the Hawaiian side. Are you just more integrated in, like, the local culture here in California? Um, well, like, my dad's side of the family is probably the... I'm a lot closer to them than, like... The more Trinidad. Yeah, is that way I've heard yeah. that? Yeah. Dance. Yeah. Makes the sense. culture. <laughs> culture, do it for the culture. <laughs> like, uh, 
my dad's parents used to live with us when we when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. So like that was probably had a big influence on it too. That makes sense on the music now. Yeah. I love their music. Like I was not a reggae fan until I went to Jamaica, uh-huh. and then I understood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't have an appreciation for it. I don't think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I mean, you have like, to be there to yeah. really immerse yourself. That's just like when you go to Hawaii and then you listen to the music there. It's like. Yeah. You when you come home, you're like still playing the song. Oh, that's me, hundred <laughs> percent. That's me. <laughs> Looking them up on YouTube, like what's oh, yeah. that song again? Because it just takes you back to that trip and like the the atmosphere and the. Mm-hmm. The attitudes of the people there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like, Hawaii's like super laid back. Uh, Have you ever been to Hawaii? I've been, but I was like super little. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's bro. It's like super laid That's what they call it. Wait, which one is island time? Is that Jamaica? All of it. Well, you yeah. get different kinds. Definitely <laughs> Jamaica. All the islands. Okay. Island time is you say 8 o'clock and they show up at 10. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> they have time. So is it worse too? than color people's time? It's like the same. It's like yeah. It's like the same thing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Same. Same idea. I mean, honestly, it's the same people. Like true. The one, the people that are in the Caribbeans are just the ones that never came over as slaves. That's valid. They just stayed there. Yeah. They were usually like the weak ones. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, they were the weak ones. They were the ones that that when they were being like colonized, they were like, oh, we don't need them. They right. could just stay Leave there. Leave them here. They yeah. bought the LeBron James. Yeah, they like... bought all the, <laughs> all the the silver, the silver. I was about to say silverbacks. That's <laughs> <all> my stuff. <laughs> but, but they brought all the like. Yeah, the quality. Really slaves. masculine. Yeah, the G- LeBron James. Yeah. 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 Superior, so superior athletes. Yeah. Alpha, <laughs> alpha males, and females. So, what is your ultimate goal with freestyle soccer and like? all that you're doing um it's changed a lot over the years right now i mean the immediate one is i want to win a world championship okay. because you know i've been number two long enough i want to be number one mm-hmm. how long uh, been number two two years i think so you know i'm, I'm sick of it i think this year you got number one yeah that's we, we interviewed joseph last time he's number he two did, he, he did won number it. he came oh. number one yeah it might be the luck i feel like too when you talk about it it's like you say it and then like now you gotta go do it yeah because <laughs> i'm sick of people hearing well who's better than you yeah. then? nobody is better than <laughs> me i want to be the best um but aside from that i think one of the things i really learned is i love you know inspiring people specifically inspiring more girls to get involved with sports uh that's definitely a big thing out in jamaica like there's not a lot of support for females in sport at all, mm-hmm. at any level. Um, there's a lot of stigma against it, and I want people to understand that, you know, girls can do sports. Girls, it's okay, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of benefits to be gained from it, and I think they need more role models showing them that mm-hmm. this is possible. Yeah, well, in Jamaica, too, and, like, the Caribbean in general, it's, like, really traditional. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, women do their traditional roles, and, like, men. Yeah. But my cousin, um, well, she didn't, she didn't make it to the Olympics. She got hurt, but she was running for... Trinidad and Tobago. She was gonna go to the Olympics, the mm-hmm. Brazil Olympics, but she got hurt. I bet that was a hard journey for her. Yeah, we should po- we should bring her on the podcast. That would be cool. It. Yeah, we should. Who are some of your role models, growing artists, and all of this? Um, I have a really weird set of role models. They're like almost never in my sport. Um, <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, one of them would have been my club coach. He passed away from cancer. Oh, about three years ago yeah but he was one of the ones that really pushed me to get there um because i mean i've had coaches growing up and you know you have the whole spectrum right but he was one of those ones that he did not take any bull from anybody and if you were performing badly he will tell you you are performing terribly he pulled me aside one game he's like 
what the hell are you doing? I know you're better than this. Get back in there and do it. So it's like he had this really like backhanded way of complimenting people right. that just, you know, cut straight to it. And they're like, I know you can do better. Mm-hmm. So go and show me. Okay. And I think that was really something that sort of molded me as I grew up. Because, I mean, I was 16, 17 at that time. And it was a really, you know, pivotal point. Right. Other than him, um, I don't know. I... <laughs> I don't, I don't really know. I mean, there were soccer players I looked up to specifically just for their skill, though, and not necessarily for their personality. Definitely. Yeah. What's your favorite soccer team? Barcelona. It's going to sound like a bag- bandwagon, but yeah, Barcelona. They're in Spain? Yeah. Okay. The biggest team in Spain. Which ones? So Liverpool and Manchester United are England. Mm-hmm. Man U is also my team. Man I know someone that plays for the Liverpool's women's team. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um. What other soccer teams are there? Wait, who does Messi play for? Barcelona. Okay. And then there are rivals Real Madrid. Madrid. Oh, okay. Is that, is that, Those are the only ones that I know. Is that Ronaldo? Yeah. Wait, is he still on that team? Yeah. Oh. I thought I got traded. I might be wrong. I actually don't remember. <laughs> I just, I don't really know much. I don't even know much about basketball. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite sport to watch? Soccer. Soccer. I, like, I can play sports. Like, I've played so many different sports growing up. That was kind of my thing. Um, but I was only ever really able to watch soccer and a little bit of rhythmic gymnastics. Did you ever get into gymnastics? Yeah. Gymnastics was one of the first things. I started with soccer, and then I did gymnastics. I did gymnastics for about five or six years. Mm-hmm. Never competitively, but it's probably one of the things that's benefited me the most in athletics. Yeah. Yeah, especially so young, learning all of the, like, flexibility and stretches. Yeah, I feel like if I would have did, like, more stretching and stuff, I probably wouldn't have got hurt. It prevents so much. It's unbelievable. Because yeah, I used to just, like, not stretch. Let's go through our stretching play. routine at uh, San Bernardino. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, three, three possessions. <laughs> no stretch. stretch Throwing it back. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, dang. Anything else you could think of? I did have one more question, but it's kind of... How did, did we already talk about how you transitioned from, like, traditional soccer to, like, freestyle? Um, the actual transition, I don't think so. Um, That's what I wanted to ask you earlier. Yeah, it was really hard when I first started because I was trying to do all of them at the same time. I was in high school going into college. I was doing soccer very, very seriously. Before I got into freestyle, I wanted to be a professional soccer player. Mm-hmm. And then I was pursuing freestyle, and then I was in college, and I was a double major. I was trying to do the team, and I mean, college sports at any level is demanding. So I was trying to do that and freestyle all at the same time, and I think I was sleeping an average of, like, three to five hours a night. Mm. Yeah. So then did you, like, give up other stuff and just solely focus on... Yeah. What, yeah. What, what did you give up? Actually? I gave up a lot of social stuff, honestly, yeah. um, because I was only on the team for one year, my very first year, and you know everyone would go out and party and bond and things like that. But I mean, I was never a part of that because I mean, any free moment I had was either doing freestyle or keeping up with the obligations for college soccer. Right. So by the end of the year, I'd look and everyone had these really like tight knit connections with everyone else on the team, and I was kind of that outlier right. mm-hmm. but I didn't regret it I mean it would have been nice I never got that regular college experience experience because of it mm-hmm. but I gained so much more yeah. because of what it. was what was your double major uh, kinesiology and French oh. a really unusual connection French. I know but did you finish the French major I didn't finish either of them okay. I stopped after two years um, wow. but I do definitely practice French in my everyday life why'd so. you stop 
I was traveling too much. It got to the point where in my second year, I was gone about once a month. And doing that as a double major is... Mm-hmm. Impossible. Yeah. So you had a different opportunity. So yeah. how would your parents say when you're like, all right, I'm going to be... I'm done with school, and I'm going to just solely do soccer. It was that point was actually my mom's idea. She yeah. was like, "Why are you still going to school when you're being successful with freestyle? School will always be there. Mm-hmm. Go and pursue freestyle now." That's actually really cool. Yeah, and that's one of the things I think I appreciate her for the most because I mean, not many parents will say that. Yeah. And she was always the one driving my academic career, so it was a funny turnaround. <laughs> that's kind of like one of those things, like when your parents finally support you, they it's finally kind of like, realize. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. So I. I thought it was like a weight off your shoulders too, huh? It definitely was, because I mean, I was trying so hard, but I mean, I wasn't sleeping, I was stressing out, and it was like trying to divide your attention like that. You're, it's, you know, the whole concept of like a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. You can be good at a lot of things, but you'll never really dive into it too mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that, like what you're saying with the sleep thing is like, I think that's like the turning point where you know, like, this is what I really want to do. It's yeah. like the same thing happened to me to where like, I was same thing maybe sleep some days I would sleep like three or five hours but like um yeah I ended up going to the hospital oh, but it was because like I like I was literally throughout the day like today I would never I would never do this I would just be like in my garage just trying to figure out a way to like make money so I could, <laughs> so I could prove my it. parents wrong yeah. <laughs> so it was like I wouldn't really eat that much like I wouldn't sleep that much but it was like you weren't drinking water yeah I wasn't yeah. drinking enough water so it got to the point where like my muscles were getting really weak and like I just was feeling like I was gonna pass out and I don't recommend it, but I mean that's how you know. <laughs> but yeah, you're that's, dedicated that's what, to it. yeah, that's when I realized like, damn, I really like this shit. Yeah. Because I would not do this for anything. <laughs> not else. at all. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's such a, a concept that people try to throw around. like you know you need a healthy balance between mm. things, but I don't think that many people who are super successful ever really have like a healthy relationship with what it is that they're doing they're obsessed yeah the the ones that are obsessed are the ones that succeed yeah, that's what they say that talent or Conor McGregor was like this isn't talent this is just pure obsession, obsession. Yeah. like we have the same 24 hours I just I choose to obsess over one thing mm-hmm. like he was like I give up call like watching the games I'm tired I give up hanging. it's really like giving up your social right just focusing on what you care about mm-hmm. and then like eventually the, everybody's going to beat Want to, eventually they're going to want to say they know you mm-hmm. and they want to be you like you yeah. know so like just focus on you take the unbeaten path and like it's gonna fall in line eventually yeah you definitely got to cut out like a lot of the stuff that you used to do yes. yeah it makes you really reorganize your priorities yeah for sure yeah. for sure that's how i know i like what i'm doing yeah if it's worth it because i know the old shot yeah because i'll like <laughs> partying like hanging out i'll do my homework like whenever and, you know i have time I'll for be, that i'll like, practice when i like right when it's time <laughs> at least five minutes yeah. early yeah, it's crazy because like, you know people will look at that and be like oh you'll never go anywhere yeah and then when you find that one thing everything changes yeah, yeah. You're just super it's just whatever you were doing at that time is you just didn't really like it that much yeah that's <laughs> what it is like, that's what basketball was for me. That's, that's at least at that point. Maybe if I didn't get injured, injured, it would have probably been a lot different. Because mm-hmm. uh, same thing. Like I, I wanted to play professionally too. Yeah. Changes the way you look yeah. at it when you get injuries yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 Well, we have about one minute and forty-five seconds, or fifteen okay. seconds left. So I think we're gonna wrap it up. Right. I really appreciate you coming out, and I want to see some of these uh, these freestyle skills. Yeah, let's get it on camera, and we'll. Uh, throw it into the video all right yeah Yeah, perfect i appreciate you
coming out if you have any other things you want to say last comments yeah thank you guys for having me out here it's so fun to really dive into depth with this not only for myself but to see your guys's perspectives mm-hmm. as well shout out your uh, your instagram and everything so youtube so it's at kate freestyle c-a-i-t go Perfect. check it out you can see everywhere i go around the world hey cool. we'll follow your journey we're excited to see where it goes Keep thank juggling. you yeah. <laughs>